sun was rising, they only saw a few others. Our two sinners traveled down the road. You don't have the money for a horse. I had a horse, but had to sell it for food. We don't get paid till we pay our supposed to do the road to Riverside was tired packed hard earth lined with liars farms and His path continues as he approaches the threshold. As the two entered the city, they noticed a black cart, abandoned next to a pawn shop. The pawn shop was made of the same white clay that the road became as it entered the city of Riverside. Ancient brick architecture gave the city a gray alien tone, but the soft red, orange, and brown fabrics used as doors and window coverings gave the street fronts warmth, life. Light already began to slip between the cloth windows above the door. Igor followed Rol to the shop. Igor was surprised at Rol's calm and familiarity when he started to speak with the pawn shop owner. The owner stood tall. Raven hair flowed down her back, cascading like a waterfall of liquid onyx. 
Her violet eyes held equal shine to the gems that glittered along the crown of her head and hugged her slim waist. She was in opposition to Roll's appearance of crude brutality, but they seemed to know each other. The store was small, open to a kitchen and cot tucked up behind the counter. Their quarry was clearly not here, and Rolls asked into it. Igor, looking around the shop, had his eyes caught by what seemed to be a simple wooden box, worn, torn, but smoothed from the handling of hundreds of hands. He found a box adorned with his name. Deep gashes surrounded the engraving, making it almost illegible. It read, Eagle. He picked it off the table where it lay, and it almost automatically snapped open in his hands. And on each side of the box, lay a brass knuckle, one black and one white. The handles were engraved with good and evil spirits, but a figure in the center of both stared at him with a fist raised. He blanked. The man looked like him. Well, what did you find, boy? Her intense eyes saw the box that he held. Ah, yes. We've been waiting for you. Well, how are you going to pay, boy? Eeyore looked at Joyce, who was being overtly casual, studying a rack of swords. I, I have some money, but not much. These, these pieces, that's, that's me and them. Why? The sword in your bag will do. Trade me that. Not knowing how she knew about it, he took out the large man's short sword. He had never gotten a good look at it before. But now he saw the hammer marks of an angry creator. The blade was wicked sharp and carved. The hilt formed a shepherd's crook. He traded the woman and then slipped the two pieces on. It was a perfect fit. When he gripped hard, the rings just lifted off his fingers and the rolling surface extending just beyond his raw knuckles. Ah, uh, a good find. I'm surprised that Ozzy gave you such a good deal. Stepping into the sunlight, 
Igor was shocked at how many people were on the once empty street. He'd been to other cities, the capital even. Yet here, somehow, at Riverside, there seemed to be a lot more people with more places to be. Have you ever been to Riverside, boy? No. Never had a reason to. <laughs> well, that's a good thing. What? Never mind. You'll understand later. Unlike the capital, there didn't seem to be any street vendors. The streets just stank of unwashed flesh. Crystal tagged the quarry. It seems that they're headed down the shaft. Down the shaft? Down the shaft. But like, to a mine? Tagged? What does that mean? She had them follow. She didn't like the look of the girl that they had with them. The girl? Yes, boy. It seems your lady is still alive. But we were wrong. They aren't going to the capital. That's a good thing, right? We should be able to find them in a mine, at least corner them. Shut up. It ain't a mine. And act like you belong. <clears throat> Igor was tossed to the ground in shock, and by the push from Joyce. And as he fell, he looked at the people around them. These weren't the normal people of this country. At least the ones he's seen. No. They were all thin and snowy. Although there was lots of people on the street, almost nobody was entering any buildings. Every single person seemed to be wearing a black cloak, even though it was midday. The black-cloaked masses did have somewhere to go, but it was only now that he saw the migration was only to and from the giant tower. It rose taller as they approached. What are you doing? whispered Igor. What are we doing? I'm hunting a bounty. Stay quiet. If we get stopped, let me do all the talking. You shouldn't have a problem. Just stay quiet. The sudden change in behavior shocked Eagle. Was this the same guy that he came in with? They were the only two in the whole street without black cloaks. And he could feel the slight eyes peering around hoods, staring at him. Joyce! Why does everyone have the same cloak on? Oh shit, yeah. I forgot. Here. And out of his bag came two black cloaks. Hopefully, this serves you better than its last owner. Don't worry, I had a priest bless the plague off of it. Igor timidly stared at the covering, but soon slipped it on, needing to blend.
Eventually they got to the base of the shaft, where a line was forming to get in. Shit. They're checking for swords. People in line started to take off their steel. Some trying to sell it off to the people leaving the shaft. Some actually seemed to make a sale, and others just tossed them in alleys or on top of roofs. If they catch you with a sword beyond that gate, you get executed on the spot. On the spot? Yes. On the spot. Then why did everyone, including you, have a sword? Igor, I am a bounty hunter. How did not I say something about shutting up? The street was at the same time loud and quiet. Footsteps seemed to march. Solid steps breaking the quiet. People kept their heads down and all walked at a similar pace. It looked like a cult ritual. As they waited in line, Eagle was able to catch a peek through the large doors which towered twice the guard's height below. He began to hear a soft whir as the next group of ten walked through. They would be in the next section. Everyone in front of them seemed to know the procedure. You lifted your arms, a guard checked your sides, back and front, and you were let in. The lady in front of Igor had tried to hide a knife in her boot. And at first it seemed like the guard was going to let her through after she handed it off. Then, as she was about to step over the threshold into the tower, the guard who took her knife stabbed her in the lower back, slashing at her kidneys. After she fell, somebody from inside the tower dragged the body through the doors and out of sight. After that, the rest of the line seemed to find a blade they forgot about in their boots, in their waistbands, because another clattering metal rang out along the street. Damn, these guys are pissed off today, mumbled Joyce right before he was motioned to come over by one of the guards. Igor was next in line, and the guard who was cleaning his new knife motioned to Igor with it. He could feel the case, the brass knuckles in his pack, pressing against his lower back, underneath the black cloak. Igor walked towards the guard. Let me look in your bag. Igor handed off the bag, knowing that he carried no steel. He knew his contents was food, of which the guard took his jerky, a few pairs of extra clothes, of which the guard took the socks, a blanket, which the guard unrolled and shoved back in, and the box of knuckles that the guard missed at the bottom of the bag. Igor met his eyes. First time? Igor nodded. Well, have fun, boy. He was quickly pat down, and then walked inside of a tall room that was open to a large array of gears, motors, belts, and pulleys. Standing next to Roll, 
He looked at the mass of wire cables that seemed too thick to wrap his hands around, that stretched and lay on the largest pulley, the largest thing in the huge contraption. Looking at how the gears perfectly synced up, Roll grabbed Igor's hood and slammed it over his eyes. Stop looking like a damn tourist. We're here on work. Slowly lifting his head, he saw that all the other people in that group of ten had their hoods up and were looking at their feet. He suddenly noticed the tension in the air that he didn't understand. He was relieved that he wasn't stabbed a few minutes before. Before he could think, the door behind them closed and the one at the front of the room opened. Beyond the door was a cage. The floor and walls reminded Eagle of Chicken Wire. People tried not to act nervous, but everybody stayed away from the unsupported center and sat or stood with their backs to one of the walls. Igor wondered what was going on, what the cage and machinery were for, where the mine was, where was the colt. He found his spot on the wall, and as he sat down, the door closed, and the final wall of the cage rolled down and sealed them in. Everyone stayed silent, and then they slowly softly began to descend.